Welcome to The Mother-Daughter Journey, a podcast for women working through the tenuous transition of a maturing mother-daughter relationship. I'm Abigail. And I'm Kelly. We know firsthand that the mother-daughter relationship is one of the most fabulous, yet frustrating, relationships you are ever going to have. Even so, we're best friends, business partners, and of course, mother and daughter. So join us as we share our ongoing journey and the lessons we've learned along the way. Hi, everybody. I'm Abigail. And I'm Kelly. Welcome back. Welcome back. So I think we're just going to dive right into it because last week we kind of left you hanging. Uh, We talked about expectations, briefly touched upon how they're formed, but really we kind of got sidetracked and started talking about expectations in the form of conversation and communication. Which is super important. Super important. Agreed. I, th- I think it's it was a great place to start because communication, as we've said numerous times, is the key to, you know, getting to the other side of that bridge that we're all trying to get to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was a great place to start. But agree, we did leave you hanging a little bit when it comes to expectations, how they're formed, um, where they come from, and all the things. And all the things she says with little spirit fingers. If only you could have seen that. (laughs) Jazz hands going, guys. I love that. So I think I'm actually just going to backtrack. I I did define expectations for us in the last episode, but I want to start off with that again, um, just because it, it really puts us in the right frame of mind for what we're going to talk about. So expectation is defined as a strong belief that something will happen or is the case, a belief that someone will or should achieve something, or a belief about the way that something or someone should be or how they should behave. So to go, I guess, way back to that first definition, a strong belief, to really grasp that, we have to break it down even more and define what is a belief what it when they're talking about belief what is it like your religious beliefs spiritual beliefs or something different I think it's more your psychological beliefs it is what you believe your place in the world is and what you believe other people's places in the world is but more what you perceive your place to be in the world so beliefs and perceptions yes okay So I actually also went ahead and and looked up the definition for belief because... (laughs) Nobody's surprised, but go ahead. That's what I do. (laughs) So if we're talking about psychological beliefs, then it's a mental acceptance that a statement is true or that something exists. So it's something that you accept as true or real. So let's break that down a little bit. Mm -hmm. So if your beliefs about yourself and your world around you are something that you believe or you accept as true or real, then your expectations of how life should proceed and how people should behave, yourself included, come from those beliefs that you are accepting as real. Yes. And those beliefs are formed from your experiences. Exactly. And those experiences are your experiences and your experiences alone. And here's the other tricky part with that is the way you experienced a moment in time is based on the lens that you're looking through at that time. So that experience 
can be perceived by yourself one way. And then let's just say five years down the line, the lens of how you view the world and what you believe changes and you reflect on that experience, you could perceive it as something completely different. Like that's the role and the power that beliefs and perceptions play in your life in general. And then add that to the relationship spectrum. Right. And, and, it, and, and, and it's a huge... Expectations. Expectations. And it's a huge role. And I was sitting here shaking my, you know, like nodding my head up and down as Abigail was talking, which obviously you, you can't see. So I'm going to just say I agree <laughs> with the things that she's been saying. The perceptions and beliefs play a huge role in expectations. So beliefs, perceptions, expectations are really something that you need to give some thought and consideration to when you're talking about your relationships, especially your mother-daughter relationship. Especially the mother-daughter relationship. And, and it, it sounds like we're talking in circles with yeah. you know beliefs, perceptions, expectations, but we kind of are. It, it really is something that just, they're all interwoven, all connected together, and one leads to the other. It's almost like the chicken and the egg conversation. I was conversation. just thinking <laughs> the exact same thing. It's the chicken and the egg. And I let's just say... So if you're confused, you should be. No. <laughs> at this point, you should be. So we'll, we'll step it back, and we'll talk about beliefs and experiences. And as Abigail put it, the lens in which you view things. So... Because my experiences and my upbringing and how I perceive the world through who I am as a person, which evolves over time, but who I am at each different experience, I perceive an experience completely different than somebody that's sitting right beside me would perceive that same experience. Such as your mother. Such as your mother. Correct. And since we're talking about Abigail and I here, we'll, we'll use some of our experiences and just conversations. Well, geez, I just got tongue-tied there for a moment. I'm going to talk about a road trip that Abigail and I took a few years ago. And this was, this was a good seven years, I would say, seven, eight years into our journey of, of work. Oh, okay. I was like, there were a couple road trips in this time frame. Which one yeah. are you going to... So the big pay? road trip. We took a road trip that was... The most recent was, one. That was three weeks long. We went across the country. And obviously three weeks in a car together, going cross country from Rhode Island to Colorado ended up being our end destination. But we went across the bottom of the country. And we had a lot of experiences. And we, you know, perceived many of them differently one in particular actually sparked quite the argument um we were not we were tired we were in the car <laughs> we were not heeding our own advice as far as we need to put this away Mm-mm. um and it was really sparked from somebody's outfit it was, it was yeah. simple as that is somebody's outfit which got us talking about LGDP, I'm sorry, I can't say it. LGBTQ+. <laughs> oh, I see. These are the differences that we have generationally. It's okay. You're learning. I am. And so it got us talking about that subject because it was a very flamboyant, obviously, I shouldn't say obviously, but out there, like, please notice me and I'm wearing my personality and my sexual preferences on my outside. And see, that's how you perceived, perceived it. it. I saw the outfit and thought, 
you go human. You are wearing what you feel comfortable in and what you feel proud in and you're just doing it and good for you. Like I so and I didn't perceive it as it being a bad thing. I wasn't offended. No, no, but you did look at it differently than I did. You had a different perception. Absolutely. And that's based on who you are and your experiences. And my experiences. And so based on my upbringing, based on my age and my generation and... And the fact that you're heterosexual. Let's let's just say it. That okay. plays a part. Okay. I mean, I am. I guess it does. I, w- I would be silly not to look at that. I looked at the outfit and thought... I also thought good for you, good for your confidence, but I, but I thought also attention, right? I'm trying to draw attention to who I am or not just who I am, but like in your face, kind of my cause, right? It's, it's almost like when you have a Jehovah Witness walk up to you on the, on the, sidewalk and be like hey can I talk to you about my religion and like they just walk right up to you and they then they think it's okay for them to just start talking about their religion to perfect strangers because that's how they want to spread it I perceived this outfit as the same as something like that and I'm not going to lie friends when she first said that to me the words like harming your cause more than doing it good I was I was angry like something in, in me flared up because I, I am in the LGBTQ family. And so for me, it was very like, that's a touchy thing for my experiences and the way that I perceived it. I just felt awe in the fact that they were able to wear it and, and walk down the street confidently. And so it wasn't even a a thought for me of, oh my God, you're shoving it in my face because it doesn't. It's not something that I'm trying to find the right right way to phrase yeah, this. Yeah, and I'm I'm feeling the same way about this conversation because shoving it in your face is you know it's almost none of that was happening, right? No, so not that's at all. the point of all of this. Like that person was just being. They themselves. were just existing. They were just existing in in their own quite realm. fabulously. I might and, add, and agreed. They pulled. They were pulling it off, but it it sparked a conversation in us, and I guess that's really the point here. It sparked a conversation between us just based on our upbringings and our perceptions and our beliefs in that moment. Now, after we talked about it, first very heated, I mean very heated, then we kind of mm-hmm. took a step back, like what we talked about last week in the conversation, like, okay, this is an, this conversation is not productive. Well, let's actually, we were in the car together trapped when this conversation was happening (laughs) trapped ladies and gentlemen we were trapped trapped. no so we it was i mean it took us a while to get there regretfully with all of our experiences we probably should have pulled off the road sooner than we did correct but we did we ended up pulling over and pulling into a gas station and just taking 10 minutes like we each walked out of the car in different directions and took deep breaths and stood outside and didn't t- look or talk to each other for... Oh, we we went in different directions. She went into the store. I just like stood outside and took some deep breaths. Like it was mm-hmm. ugly. It was ugly. It was ugly. It was one of those... And it, and it came out of 
nowhere, like left field. It really was so inconsequential when we think it about was it. It was just one person walking down the street that sparked this. Like how? Well, it's it triggered something in both of us, it right? Did. It triggered it triggered an experience from the past in both of us because honestly, neither one of us were offended, upset. Oh God, like no. in any way, shape, or form from from this poor innocent well i shouldn't say poor because they had no idea what, what happened <laughs> no, they were just but blissfully going along yes, their day but like they were just being themselves it had nothing to do with us but some experience in our past triggered a reaction to mm-hmm. the outfit and they were different reactions and and it wasn't even visceral reactions to the outfit it was visceral reactions to uh, my, each other's reactions to well to my words my words yes. i said the words to her that sometimes i think that kind of flamboyant out there behavior can hurt a cause more than it can help it and i was talking about all causes not just this cause in mm-hmm. particular i mean i feel the same way about like i was saying the jehovah witness i the the religious fanatic the the Buddhist, like I feel that way about anybody who is so out there for their cause that it's in like you can't look away. It's a train wreck, right? Like you, you have to acknowledge it. Which, like at, after you explained yourself, I understood where you were coming from. Yet on the same token, that's why people do it. I mean, we're sitting right. here on a podcast talking about it now, and that besides the point of this is you know who I am and I just want to feel comfortable in my own body kind of a thing like that's another reason that people do that because now we are talking about the problem exactly exactly so that's just a whole different point but (laughs) that's a whole point but basically in that particular instance we did not heed the communication advice that we were talking about last week we we let it get heated like we said, easier said than done. And we've been mm-hmm. working on this for 10 years and we still have a lot to learn. But we, we did eventually pull over, get out of the car, you know, go to our separate corners of the ring, as we say, like to say, mm-hmm. and take our deep breaths. Got back in the car and decided, you know what? We're not going to talk about this right now because it's not productive. And neither no. one of us can articulate even what we were trying to say in the first place, because honestly, like I said, there was no visceral reaction to this fabulous person that just was strolling down the street in Boulder, Colorado. Right. And we put the music on and we started singing and we put it away mm-hmm. and we didn't let it interfere with the next few hours of our trip. So kudos to us. We took a little bit of our own advice. It just took us a little it while took to us get a there. While. High five. Right. (laughs) But we did eventually revisit the conversation when we could revisit it in a more productive way. And what we learned was our past experiences with this particular subject, generational differences, what my parents, you know, believed that were pushed down to me. And then what my daughter believed, what Abigail believed, being a different generation just all of those experiences that we had created that visceral reaction mm-hmm. and the emotionally charged reaction to her being disappointed with my statement and me being like 
I guess, caught off guard by her very condemning reaction gave us something that we needed to look at. And it, and that was our beliefs and our perceptions and expectations. Right. And what I had taken away from that after after we had productively sat down to talk about it is that we still don't necessarily agree, which is okay. Absolutely. But I, I looked at the fact, at, at my visceral reaction and the anger that I had when she said those things, it wasn't, it was, I was angry at myself because I had let the perceived expectations of your mother and my mother, right? What you were just saying, the things that you believed and the experiences you had bled down to me as a child. And so I was taking the anger that I had at myself for not being able to be whoever I wanted to be, to not be that confident person walking down the street at the time, and turned it out on you. Yes. She's looking at me blankly. (laughs) Well, no, I'm trying, I'm thoughtfully trying to think about how to respond to that so that it makes sense for everybody. So it was an insecurity in you, but, but it was based on a perceived expectation. Exactly. Because we grew up, I grew up in a Presbyterian household, right? My parents. And as did I. As did you. And my parents definitely believed, like, they have friends of all persuasions, but they believed. Mm-hmm. That in the Bible, it states, a man marries a woman. That was just their belief. That was how they were raised. And we were raised to believe the same way. So, Well, and and going back to the whole flamboyancy, for lack of a better term, Mm -hmm. that the issue, that was the crux of, of our disagreement there, right? Was not necessarily who they are, but the flamboyancy or the putting it out there. Right. Correct. But. Where I'm going with this is you perceive the fact that you are bisexual and that you perceive that your family was going to be disappointed in you because you were, because their belief was Bible-based. Right. And so that meant you were doing something wrong. You were perceiving us being not accepting, us expecting you to be heterosexual, as you put it, us expecting you to be a specific way and that we weren't going to accept you if you weren't or we were going to be disappointed. Well, so so that's, I guess what I was trying to say is at that point in our relationship and in the conversation, I was not concerned. Like I had already come out to you and it's, it's technically pansexual, but that's like a whole different thing. Again, generational differences. <laughs> I had come out to you already at that point. You knew. Yes. Uh, like my... My sexuality. But And you also you also knew I did not have a problem with I, it. I also knew you did not have a problem with it, which is why I think that visceral reaction wasn't a oh my god, she doesn't like gay people. Like it wasn't that. I wasn't concerned about that. It was Well good, because that's not the case. I know it's not. <laughs> I'm I'm aware. It was more about oh my god, if I actually start showing the world this instead of just telling my loved ones this is who I am if I start expressing that on the outside I'm going to be condemned for it and so I was in turn condemning you for thinking that way right and and I should 
state that we're using the word condemned here and it, like I didn't feel that way at all. It was it was an off kind of comment that sometimes I think when people are in your face with their beliefs, yeah, beliefs, that's the word I want to use, right. that it hurts their cause more than it helps, and, right? Because you're not right. having a a conversation. You're not having healthy communication about it to, to ask the questions on both sides of the table. Exactly. Right? And so let's call a spade a spade. The outfit for that we're talking about was fabulous, but it was the middle of the day on a main street, lots of children, right? Sparked a conversation in you and I, and we were adults. But there was a lot of skin showing, right? About, yeah. So there were conversations that were bound to be had if we mm-hmm. were having them, that other people were, were being forced, I guess that's the the way to say it, forced to have. Right. 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 And I'm not, I'm, I understand, again, like I said earlier, like, we might not necessarily fully agree, but I understand where you're coming from now. And right. I realized that the anger was less about your perception and more about the perception I had of myself. And so that's the crux of this when we're talking about expectations and perceived expectations that rolls back to belief. So that example, as you can see, we still had to navigate that conversation. Mm-hmm. But, th- <laughs> but that example is just one example of beliefs and and perceived expectations wreaking havoc in a relationship, right? Right. And if you don't have the skills to communicate past those emotions, then that can cause some serious damage. If it's something that just gets kind of curtailed and we're not going to talk about it, we're going to sweep it under the rug, Mm -hmm. then you both walk away thinking... Who knows? Whatever's in your own mind, your own lens. And you're left with a, great, I can't talk to my mother about things. Or on the opposite end of this, you're left with, I can't be myself with my daughter, right? I can't Mm -hmm. talk about what's in my heart or my mind or my perceptions with my daughter because she's going to take it personal. It's going to be something that she internalizes. Which is exactly what I did. (laughs) So. Yep. That's what we're talking about here when we're talking about perceived expectations. And they start so young. They really do. That's just a very specific example of something recently for us. But I mean, I can go back to being a child and thinking that you had the expectation of me to get nothing but straight A's and be in every after school activity and be like the most hardworking, perfect student so that I could get into a good college and become an engineer or a doctor and live up to my potential. That was all perceived. None of that was an expectation you actually had for me. No. I mean, a mother does want her child to do the best that she can. And and I will be the first to admit that I definitely could get carried away with the you're capable of an A, why don't why didn't you produce an A? Yeah. And and not knowing at that time how that would be perceived and what it would do to her view of herself and her view of what the world expected. Well, right? Cuz you would say, "Well, why didn't you get the A?" and then I'd go back and be like, "Well, why didn't I get the A? Right. I'm capable of the A. I right. know I could have gotten the A. What the hell is wrong with you, Abigail? Why didn't you get the A?" 
Yeah, I mean, and that's one. That's how, <laughs> and that's how you reacted to it, right? I obviously mm-hmm. had the same thing with my parents. Like, why couldn't you? Why didn't you? You can do better than you did. And I took the other side of that. I took the well because I didn't want to. Like, because the teacher didn't deserve my, you know. Because I'm a rebel. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Got my tongue sticking out right now doing the rebel face. Uh, I mean, no, it is who I was back then. It, I was a rebel as a as a teenager. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was capable of getting A's in every class. But I got A's in classes for the teachers I liked. And I got D's in the classes of teachers that I didn't like. For me, it was a, it was a respect thing. Like, everybody just expects children to be respectful, but... I felt we reserved the same respect backwards. But that's a whole different like can of worms, right? I'm very, very sorry to interrupt you right now, K Dog, but I just want to point out the um the like backhanded brag you just did of, well, I got A's for teachers who deserved it. For those <laughs> I purposefully got D, so I passed, but <laughs> Well, let's rephrase. Not let's that was we can go right back to experiences and perceptions whom I perceived deserved it, right? Right. That was just my own mind, my own lens of being a teenager, a rebellious teenager, right? right? It could have been something so simple as like what I said in that conversation. They might have said one thing that I took offense to Mm -hmm. or I internalized based on my lens. And, you know, and as we talked about before we started this episode, nine times out of ten, those things that we take offense to is because we're looking at it through a lens of how we're looking at ourselves and we're mm-hmm. projecting our feelings onto the other person. And what we expect of ourselves, we end up expecting of others. Correct. Correct. And so... Which is just silly because everybody is different. So well, obviously what you can accomplish, somebody else can't and vice versa. Anyway. <laughs> but we'll talk about one... of let's talk about what we were talking about before we even you know hit record on this so we were talking about the term lazy um because this is something that both abigail and i have felt about ourselves throughout time that is a negative self-talk that that we both own we both own We, we look at ourselves we view ourselves through that lens i mean not constantly but when we're not getting things done in a manner or a time frame that we, you know, we this arbitrary clock that we have put on ourselves, we instantly... This arbitrary expectation. Thank you. <laughs> we instantly go to, initially, if you weren't so lazy or you weren't so scattered, you would have gotten that done in the expected time frame that you placed on yourself or that you placed on each other, right? We're in business together. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's like... A projection that we put on each other when we're in when we started this business because it's how we felt about ourselves like oh damn I dropped the ball I wanted to get this done by Tuesday and it's now Thursday and it is not done right so because I feel that about myself I'm assuming I'm projecting it onto her that that's what she's going to feel she's going to feel like what a slacker you said you were gonna get this done on Tuesday and now it's Thursday but you got to take a step back from that, right? And say, where is that perception coming from? You have to be able to look at it. What experience makes me think that I'm lazy, right? So for Abigail, she can look back to why didn't you get that A? Right. Why didn't you do what was expected? And that's a true thing. I did put that on her with my words. Did I 
mean to have her form that perceived expectation that her self-worth was measured to that A? Of course not. Of course not. Was that your intention? Never in a million years. No. But was it the result of my words based on where she was receiving it from? And the lens I I was viewing myself and the world around me from. Absolutely. Yep. And I can point to probably 20 to 30 things that my parents said to me with those same instances that I internalized that I projected my feelings of myself onto them, thinking that they were disappointed in me because, again, of my rebellious nature or my room not being cleaned or just a, a million little things that we think are so innocuous mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and they mean nothing. But based on somebody's experiences and their own personal view of themselves, they put a definition to it. Right. And that's that's what the expectation is, is that definition, basically. Right. That's where the expectation is formed. And so I feel like we've gone like all over the map with this. But it's chicken and egg. It's chicken and egg. Chicken (laughs) and egg. It is. But expectations play a huge role in relationships. They can be a hurdle. They can be a cause of pain. They can be. They can be a brick wall sometimes that you run into. They can be, and and if you do not learn how to one self reflect on the words that came out of your mouth, even though you didn't intend for them to land in the way that they landed, acknowledge that they landed that way. Mm -hmm. One of the things Abigail and I frequently do now that we've gained these skills is, hey, this is what I just heard you say. Is that what you intended to say? That has become a great tool for us, honestly, because the two of us especially, because this particular subject is something that we have struggled with personally, is setting unrealistic expectations on ourselves, internalizing those expectations, and then thinking, perceiving that other people have those expectations for us as well. And then projecting that disappointment that we have in ourselves onto them. Right. And then directing anger, the anger that we want to direct towards ourselves at the other party. Yes. When that poor unsuspecting soul never had that expectation, has no idea where you're coming from, and now now they're receiving this anger and they don't, you don't have the skills to talk it out. Right. And so... Going back to the very the example that we had been using, if at the time I had been capable of taking a taking a step back, a deep breath and saying, hey, mom, what I kind of just heard you say is that you're judging this person's outfit. Is that was that your intention? This the whole fight could have just been avoided that boxing match. We wouldn't have had to go to our separate corners like. We wouldn't have cost us, you know, 10 or 15 minutes in our ride home because we were like trekking across the country at this point. Mm-hmm. And and the hurt, right? Like we were both feeling hurt and, and anger in the moment of that fight. We were, both of us, yes. And we were able to, because we have been diligently working on this for a long time, able to, you know, kind of put it away, 
get back to our tools and be like, oh, okay, this, that was, well, wow, what was that? What was that? Yeah. (laughs) Where did that come from? We need to Uh, put the radio on, sing some harmony, and let's forget about that and revisit it at another time when we can articulate exactly what we meant. We each had to own it. Mm -hmm. I had to own that I, yes, what I said probably wasn't kosher, wasn't actually reflective of my heart and how I feel about the subject. It was something that was came from my past, something that was, you know, put in my face at a particular time in life where I like was felt like I can't look away from this. I I can't like I am being forced into a corner by somebody putting their belief in my face. And I reflected upon that time and made a statement that I really, like I said, really wasn't how I believed or felt. But my past experience reared its head. Mm-hmm. And then you mixed it with her past experiences and her lens. And it made for, I'll call it a natural disaster. Clash of the Titans. Yes. No. <laughs> but, yes. So, but even as you were just wrapping everything up so nicely, even as you were saying that, it, I had the thought that how you viewed that person's outfit in the moment and what you thought the statement was was here let me shove it at you let me force you into a corner like you were just saying right that's a perceived expectation that that person probably never even thought oh, that person. they were just putting on the outfit that made them feel yeah, good they right? were just strutting their stuff through town they could they, they probably like, they they didn't have any idea that anybody was even looking at them right? right like this whole thing that happened between us had nothing to do with their outfit or them exactly it had to do with us and our our reaction based on our beliefs and experiences from the past and those experiences and beliefs and perceptions from the past filtered into our relationship right and that's the bottom line right expectations beliefs perceived expectations and perceptions it's all a big loop that we'll continually talk about maybe with more clarity maybe not (laughs) but but they play a huge role in relationships and especially when you're talking about emotionally charged relationships like the mother-daughter relationship Mm -hmm. right you have clear whether you want to state it or not expectations of that relationship you both do, not just the mother. Exactly. You, even the daughter. The child has, they, especially at this age, right? Yes. As they're maturing, they have clear expectations of what they want out of the mother-daughter relationship. Yes. I mean, the truth is, is Abigail would like, who wouldn't, me to look at the world in the same lens as her, as far as her beliefs and perceptions, right? She would like to believe that her mother isn't closed-minded or that her, you know, like in her view. I don't like, think oh, you're closed-minded. I'm, not, I'm just saying. <laughs> Calm I'm, down. <laughs> I'm just saying you would like to be able to look at the pedestal, right? Who doesn't mm-hmm. want to be able to look at their mother on the pedestal and be like, ah, my mother? Well, it's because it's the view that you have just as... right. From the beginning. And it's the same for the mother. Who doesn't want to look at their daughter and see that vision that they had when they were born, right? Right. And so I guess I've lost track of what I was trying to say, but it's like... It runs... You were were talking about expectations and perceptions and how it just runs so... It it runs so so deeply. Yes. 
in the mother-daughter relationship specifically. It runs so deeply. And so we need to be able to let go of those expectations and just see each other as people and learn how to talk them out. Mm -hmm. Because there are generational differences. There are, you know... And an ancestral beliefs ancestral that have been passed beliefs, on. Thank you. Right? Like it societal beliefs and mm-hmm. pressures. There's so much of it that we need to be able to step back and realize where our comments are coming from and how they affect each other. And even though it was in my part when I said it, a very innocuous, inconsequential statement, it was just a reaction that I was having, that is not how it was taken. Right. And so I have to own my part in I triggered something in her and now we're going to look at the past of why it was triggered. And And I, for my part, had to own that I was triggered by something you said, but it was personal. The anger was directed towards me and not towards you. And I misdirected that. Right. Right. So there. So actually, I think we can just like, I think we should end it with that. (laughs) Right. I think we should end it with that and know that expectations perceptions and beliefs play a huge role in the mother-daughter relationship and we all need to be able to be aware of them look at them and even if the intention behind what comes Mm -hmm. out of our mouths is not how it is perceived we have to acknowledge that the words did trigger the perception right and so to deny that they did trigger the perception or trigger the reaction is just insult to injury. Right? right. So yes, I did not intend it. Which but, I recognize. Which she recognizes, but it did trigger it. And so I need to take a step back and say, in the future, knowing that interaction that we just had, I need to use my words more thoughtfully around that subject. And in the future, knowing that interaction we had, I need to take a breath and say, this is what I heard. Is this what you intended? And with that, folks... We'll see you next time. See you next time. Thanks for joining us on our journey today. If you liked what you heard and are looking for more, make sure to leave us a review and subscribe to this podcast. You can also follow us on social media, but for the most fun, go find us on TikTok at The Mother Daughter Journey. See you next time.